Hello, and thank you for joining in. You are listening to the Conservative Mama Bears podcast. We are a sister co-host team um, navigating being read in such a blue state. And today's episode, we will be discussing uh, AB 665. This is an amendment bill um, that has been introduced uh, into the California legislature um, discussing the um, minors' consent to mental health services. So I'm going to introduce this bill a little bit, the history of the bill, um, where it is in the process, and we're going to briefly go over what it says, what the amendment is, and um, then discuss our, our thoughts on this particular bill. This is just one in a series of bills that have been, that are being introduced, that have been passed in the lower, um, lower legislature. And it's, and it's coming up, um, pretty quickly now to be passed into actual law. Um, and it's definitely very concerning for us parents. Um, especially with our kids in public school systems um, and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, we're going to just kind of uh, jump right into it. So let's see here. This bill, again, um, AB. So AB is Assembly Bill versus SB, which is a Senate bill. Um, so this AB 665, it's, amend- it's an amendment to already uh, a bill, a bill. Um, and it's minors consent to mental health services. Um, so currently this bill was originally introduced in February of 2023. Um, and the, it was written, uh, let's see here. It was Originally introduced by Assembly Member Wendy Carrillo, and it's the principal co-author is Senator Weiner. Um, so again, I it was, believe it's pronounced Weiner. <laughs> we'll go with that because yeah, it's this is a pretty ridiculous um, bill. So it originally was put in or introduced in February. It was. Um, passed by the ASM judiciary judiciary uh seven to seven uh yes counts two no counts and two that didn't vote on March 28th of this year and then it went to the assembly floor in April on April 10th of 2023 and it was passed uh 55 yes nine no's and 16 who didn't vote and we are now at the uh, Senate Judiciary where it was passed on June 20th of 2023 with uh, nine yeses, two nos, and zero um, no, no votes. So that's where it currently is. Uh, if this does pass... Then it goes into law on uh, next year. I believe it was July of next year. But um, but let me confirm that here real quick. Uh, 
as she confirms, um, for those that want to do their due diligence and uh, see for yourself where this information comes from, you can go to to a website. It's California Legislative Information, and you can enter the bill, and it'll tell you where the bill is and who voted for it. So we would like to also empower everybody to go and find out who your your legislator, your assembly person is for your district and see how they voted and then write them, call them. This is something as we're going to discuss about the bill, it is detrimental to parents' rights as it is written and amended. Um, so take the time to go and find out who who your your people are and and start start the conversation with them. Exactly. Uh, they're they're your representatives and they need to represent you the way you want it them to and the way that, so the only way they're going to do that is well if we start to become the squeaky wheels exactly and yeah i i'm reading this all straight from um from that website it's um for the actual website is um legislature.california.gov. And again, yes, you can put in that um, the bill you're looking for and all the information is right there. Um, so uh, jumping into it. So this bill, uh, basically, it uh, authorizes a minor who is 12 years of age or older to consent, sorry, to consent uh, to mental health treatment or counseling on an outpatient basis or to residential shelter services. If the minor is mature enough to participate intelligently in the outpatient services or residential uh, shelter services as specified, and either the minor would present a danger of serious physical uh, or mental harm to themselves or to others, or if the minor is alleged victim of incest or child abuse. Um, existing law authorizes a minor who is 12 years of age or older to consent, again, to mental health treatment. Okay, so the existing, yeah, so the existing is, um, that's the existing law. Uh, the bill, this bill would align the existing laws by removing additional requirement that in order to consent to mental health treatment or counseling on an outpatient basis or to residential shelter services, the minor must present a danger of serious physical or mental harm to themselves or to others or be the alleged victim of incest or child abuse. Um, the bill would also add, so we'll go into who they can go to basically, or, or who would be able to be somebody that uh, could say, or talk to these minors and um, get them this treatment per se. Um, 
and, but this and so this bill also amends that list of of who's allowed to um treat or to find treatment for these minors and, and this is without parental consent um so basically the bill would add uh registered psychologist, registered psychologist assistants, a psychological trainee, an associate clinical social worker, a social worker intern, a clinical counselor trainee working under the supervision of a licensed professional board certified psychiatrist, psychiatrist to the definition of professional persons for these purposes. Um, and, and yes, if this goes into effect, this will go July 1st of 2024. Um, that's just kind of a, a synopsis of what this bill is. It it is a very long bill, and if you really if you want to read the entire thing, yeah, just go to that website and and it's all here. Uh, we just kind of wanted to take some pieces that are really concerning to us as mothers who have school age children, um, where they may you know innocently express something and somebody take it the wrong way and. Um, so get treatment or that we don't know about and essentially have them taken from the home. Right. So my understanding from the existing bill, the, the language that is going to be removed that will limit or eliminate parents' rights is the removal of the requirement that in order to consent to mental health treatment or counseling on an outpatient basis or to be placed in a residential shelter, the minor must present a danger of serious physical or mental harm to themselves or others or to be an alleged victim of incest or child abuse. So that language is now being removed from the bill, which means that it makes it easier for any of the professionals that Danny discussed to make the recommendation that the child be removed on the basis of gender affirmation. So as you continue to read the law, the the information that ex- is written or e- expressed by these lawmakers specifically outline that this is for the LGBTQ plus youth who may not be able to or may find it difficult to change their gender because their parents may have questions or deny um, their their gender affirmation, if you will. So that's that is where this bill, I think, is the most concerning. it's It's making it a much easier for the removal of the children. Um, and so I think going back to the original language, 
yes, there are going there. There are children who are in danger. They're not in a good place. So I don't think that that is up for discussion. I don't think anybody is expressing that that's um, a problem. But if they remove that language, then really who's to say that anybody's child, if, if like Danny said, if it, if it's a child just expresses um, that maybe their parent is not making it easy for them to change genders, then they're, you know, the, the, the parents have no, have no say. Mm-hmm. In, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. I was just going to say on on that, I I think it's going to, um, the, it's going to be also very easy to coerce these, these kids, you know, somebody who's just going to put it in their heads as well. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of that on the, you know, of a, of an innocent, uh, you know, maybe comment or something like that, then it's going to be, oh, okay, do you feel, you know, this is how you feel and, and you can't uh, go to your parents about it and, and a lot of um, coercion there. Um, right. And I think that's what we're seeing. <laughs> this huge influx of, of, of gender dysphoria Although I don't really think that it is actually gender dysphoria. I think children have a ton of information coming at them from mm-hmm. social media and they see the attention that it is bringing or they don't feel kids at that age, especially at 12, are just figuring it out. And maybe they, you know, puberty is starting to affect them. So maybe they're, they're feeling a little out of place. And so they think that this is the answer. And then they're going to make huge changes when they don't know what they want, a, a child cannot make these these drastic decisions at that age. They're still growing, and so to 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 make these changes, I I mean, and then allow adults to like Danny said, kind of coerce them into believing something that is not true. It, it opens the door for what we have been talking about in grooming children, grooming them for whatever purposes. And there's, there's a bigger there, there, there's bigger issues here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just, uh, you, you know, um, 
it's just gonna right help help lead that to, you know one more thing to take away parental parental rights to uh, make that grooming make all of this um yeah you know transitioning transgender transitioning easier and um without the parents being able to do anything um and i i know this particular law is well it is already taking away parental rights but i think it's like a gateway to more to come and kim on that note of um these you know kids yeah they like you said going through puberty not sure exactly what they want and that takes me back to so so 12 12 17 minor if the minor is mature enough okay well at whose discretion is that maturity and who's to say Mm -hmm. they're mature enough i I mean i'm sorry i don't think i was mature enough at that age i i don't know any 12 year olds who are mature enough to understand really truly understand what is happening and also going back just a little further um before we move on again yes we understand that this some of this i don't want to get hung up on it but if the victim is uh or if the child not victim the child is a victim of child abuse okay that you know that is one thing but at this point the it has been you know we, we see we've seen kids deaths at the hands of uh, maybe their parents child abuse because they weren't removed from the house or whatever soon enough and that's and that is so un, you know unfortunate and and that shouldn't be in those cases but what this but that is a very uh small percentage you know obviously no it shouldn't happen at all but it's a very small percentage what this is going to allow is the parents who which i believe majority of parents love their children and would do anything for their children and are very concerned for their children's well-being and what this is going to do is basically take those parents rights away and to and introducing children who don't really understand what's going on into a world of, you know, God knows what. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, why take out the language um, of uh, children who may, you know, may be victims? Uh, why remove that language if you're not trying <laughs> to? allow for a larger population to um to be removed exactly um did you have any more on on that kim or shall we move on no that was that was it as far as my understanding of the of the changes perfect okay so then just kind of going into into this law and and what they have put here some of the other more concerning things so we have the list of people that have the authority to um recommend these children for these outpatient this you know this health mental health treatment now this is adding, I know I briefly went over this, but this is adding not just 
your psychologist and your therapist, but it's adding your psychology assistant, a psychological trainee, um, a social worker intern, a clinical counselor trainee, um, people who don't, I, I don't think, have the expertise. Right. So I can kind of, because it, it, as my profession kind of aligns with, with this. So when you are, are, are applying or becoming um, a psychologist um, or in, in that kind of field, you have to do so many what's called field hours and you have to be under the the supervision of somebody who's already licensed. So when you talk about trainee or intern, these people do not yet have a license. They are still under the supervision of someone else. And so as Danny said, they do not have the expertise. Yes, maybe they went to school. That's great. But real world it is a lot different than uh, what's written in a textbook and whatever they've done in, in school is, is going to be different. They do not have that real world experience yet. And so I, I think as Danny is going to allude, like what gives them the, what gives them the authority to make a decision for for a child that will have a huge impact on their lives, an that will have long term effects on that child's life. Right, and then that list goes into. A governmental agency. Okay, what does that even mean? Um, an agency that receives funding. So this is where um, the, let's see, mental health treatment or counseling service means the provision of mental health treatment or counseling on an outpatient basis by any of the following. So this is who, who can actually do the uh, counseling or whatever. And yeah, so you have a government, just a governmental agency. Um, a person or agency having a contract with a governmental agency, an agency that receives funding from the community. Um, and it goes a, a professional person. And yes, some of these have um, subsections and some articles that go into definition of them, but there's a lot that don't, that it's just, you know, very like one-sided. So who, at whose discretion is it to make these um, recommendations and what, you know, what, what is being discussed with these kids without the parents around? Um, it, it's like anybody, anybody can, but, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm a professional here. I can, you know, I, I'm going to talk to your child about something that they have no business talking to your child about. Um, and yeah, it just goes into, again, some, some of them have more uh, like licensed clinical counselor and it does have an actual and, and we could go into the business and professional codes all day long um 
those are probably not quite as concerning as these that are just really have no business um, in providing a child with any type of um, mental health counseling. Um, yeah, right. So that's- I mean, yeah, and specifically in. Um, uh, making those life-altering decisions and i i was trying to find um and i i'll keep looking so uh i there there was a family and i i want to get the information correct so our next podcast i hope to have this information but there was a mother in la who um questioned her daughter's decision uh to change her gender the daughter i believe was 16 and this the daughter went to her school psychologist the school psychologist determined that it would be better if the child was removed from the home and then so dcfs did remove that child and the uh child committed suicide Mm -hmm. and i'm not quite sure the time frame of how long she'd been out of the home and again i want to make sure i get this information correct so i will have um that at at during our next our next podcast episode but it again that that's it's life altering and the these kids don't know they they think who knows what they're thinking yeah absolutely i mean a a 12 year old the so they go through all this, not really understanding it. And then when they do finally understand it and what's going on, then it's too late. And then, right. yes, I think we are going to see more suicides. And and here, okay, so Kim, if, going on to this next point, if, are you okay moving on to the next mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. concerning points? Because it kind of brings me to it. They're saying that, um, that by not, you know, despite an overall, that there's been a, an overall decrease in the suicide rate but that by not doing this we're going to have an increase in suicide and i i think it's the exact opposite i think um if we do have an an overall decrease in suicide why this is just going to make it worse um but on that note going up oh did you want to make mention oh no i was just going to say if it if it's not broken don't fix it so if we're seeing a decline in suicides then this right like you said this that doesn't make sense to remove children from yeah another exactly loving home right and yeah so it's saying that we um i i think there was one in here um that we're not we're the 40th in the nation of for providing children with needed mental hair mental health care well okay and it's you know if if that's the case but we're seeing a decrease in in those suicide rates then 
then obviously something that is happening is going right. Right. And right. yeah, exactly. Why, why, if it's not broke, uh, don't fix it. So on that note, this law also um, spews out a bunch of statistics that I'm very interested to find where these statistics even come from because it doesn't it doesn't specify. And when you're reading this going, well, okay, the, it says less than 19% of low-income teenagers on Medi-Cal receive screenings for depression in a follow-up plan. Okay, that 19% of low-income teenagers on Medi-Cal. That's like of the entire population, 19% of just the low-income teenagers on Medi-Cal receive screenings for depression. To me, that seems like a very, very low amount. And it doesn't say what, even what the results of well, the, the screening was. Right. So 19% of low income, low income teenagers. But right. What is that 19% of the amount of teenagers who actually go to the doctor? Mm-hmm. Um I, again, like Danny said, these statistics that are in the argument to change to amend this law is very vague. Mm-hmm. And um, we, again, we encourage you to go and read their argument um, yourself so you can take the information and, and, read it yourself and and interpret what what your interpretation is because they they spout off a, a lot of claims but with zero references so in my line of work when i publish a paper i have to cite my sources and cite where the surveys are coming from and where the the statistics are coming from um and I, they, I guess, don't need to do that in a law in in their argument. Yeah, uh, but it makes it very difficult to want to it. It, it makes it that it. What I want to say that it it doesn't back their argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because I don't and truly I don't think they have a backing to their argument. I I don't think. I I think they just are out to try to uh you know remove parent parental rights or try to continue grooming um our children for you know some bigger purpose that I'm not really sure what I I don't know why we have to go after the children I'm not real sure um but yeah I don't think they have uh backing in and those that are voting for this aren't the ones asking and don't care unfortunately um, well i think you certain people vote with the with a d behind the politician's name mm-hmm. without making an effort to understand what that politician is is voting for what they are what they are for 
right. the, the issues that they are for. And then you get a super majority like California where mm-hmm. they are now making terrible decisions for the state. And I know where there there's two other bills that we'll be getting into, but there's also another bill that was passed and signed by the governor, which I, we definitely will have to dissect. Um, that was voted in 2020 when everybody, and it is devastating. And it was voted on as everybody was, we're, we're dealing with COVID. Mm-hmm. So you probably didn't even hear about it. And exactly. I, we'll definitely get into that um, at, on, at a later show. But um, yeah, yeah the, the claims that are made within this bill, again, who was surveyed? How many people were surveyed? They indicate that a shocking 78% of LGBTQ plus youth uh, that were surveyed shared they had considered suicide with the vast majority of those who had considered suicide sharing. Uh, they had done so in the last year. Okay, well, what year? And nearly one third made an attempt in the past year. So, but of how many? 78% of what, five? Of, of those, of the, the vast majority that were surveyed. Right, well, yeah. and who, who, who did this survey? Who... You know what? Where is this information coming from? Yeah. And I, I do empathize with somebody who, for some children who really believe or who are maybe grappling with the idea that they are gay. Mm-hmm. And having difficulty in coming out to their parents. But I think there, you know, what is the answer? Well, I don't know. I don't think taking everyone's parental rights away is the answer. I I don't think that's the answer either. And, And maybe it's more of a conversation to be had with a parent. And maybe that professional should help the child in having that conversation with a parent i think this does hit home as danny and i do have a relative who is gay and had difficulty coming out to their family um and it took a while but i think that after they did it their outcome was very was um a happy outcome mm-hmm. and i i'm sure there are it's not always like that um and and so there we do want to empathize w- with that but again the re- removal of the child i i don't think is the answer no and i don't think these amendments are trying to are are doing that per se i think that's they again are just you know somebody who doesn't exactly know what they want you know and then taking them away from the parents and 
telling them basically what they want um, or don't want. Um, it definitely makes it easier right. for for that. Right. Yeah. Uh, so. So uh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> again, go go search this bill AB six six five and read it. It's it, it make your own determination and then find out who your legislators are and and have a conversation with them because California is on a runaway train right now and basically they have the power to to do it to pass whatever they want into law uh, and most people don't know what's happening mm-hmm. exactly all right well um kim if you don't have any other um comments i think that will do it for us for today we're just a little little bit over our time limit but um there's a lot of stuff to get out there um i did want to make a quick note uh on our name we are the conservative mama bears um with the emphasis on conservative that we are protecting our children and we will do whatever to protect our children, not to be mistaken as some of these that are, uh, hiding under the mama bear, um, name to protect. (sighs) Kim, how you stated it better than I did actually. Well, it was brought to our attention that, that there is kind of a hijacking of the mama bear um, term. And and many, many people, many uh, moms are using this term um, as a, as a title to indicate that they are willing to do whatever it takes to, to protect their children. And it was brought to our attention that there's a going to be a documentary um, on Christian moms who are protecting their LGBTQ plus whatever the alphabet uh, people, um, and and protecting them, which is in their their right to do as the parent. Um, but our take is that we are conservative mama bears. We are looking to, um, protect our children from the grooming. Exactly. Of those that would take advantage of children, um, who don't know what lgbtq plus really means and i there's a lot of information that that needs to be out there uh but again we just wanted to note that we we take a different stance than they do (laughs) all right well that's it for us um please join us 
uh, every Friday around noon. We will be putting out a new podcast discussing all of the issues going on in California. And we are just, you know, trying to, again, navigate being bred in such a blue state. And we want to wish everybody a, uh, a wonderful day, wonderful week, and uh, God bless.